Hello and welcome to everyone out there. You're listening to and watching Amateur Radio Roundtable. This is a show about ham radio or amateur radio. And if you're out there uh, listening tonight on WBCQ, we would really love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com and let us know where you are. And hey, for all you guys that are watching the video show, please hit that subscribe button. I'll put a little arrow there to show you where it is to help you out a little bit. So just click on that little uh, that little thing down here that says subscribe. That helps us out a whole lot. We really appreciate it if you could uh, do that for us. Uh, also, uh, hey, we want to invite you to join our Facebook group. Uh, Facebook group is called W. Well, it's called Amateur Radio Roundtable, but that's too much to type. So if you'll just type in W5KUB, it'll get you to the same place on Facebook. And it's a great ham radio uh, Facebook group. We've got 13,000 members in the group now, and it's growing uh, pretty fast uh, every week. So uh, please please join us there. Um, just remind everybody, we've got a lot of people that listen to the show uh, through our uh, podcast. We're carried by just about every podcast carrier out there from iTunes to uh, to uh, Google Play, to iNet Radio, all these guys are carrying us out there, and every week more and more people uh, are starting to carry our show. Uh, so again, you got a lot of different ways to listen to and, and watch the show. Uh, okay, so hey, guys, i got an announcement to make. We, you know, we went to Dayton, we went to Xenia, Hamvention, what, a week ago. We all came back sick. What do you think about that? But hey, it was worth it. You got to live your life. You got to get out and do things, man. You know, you know. If we didn't go, who knows? We may have not got sick. But I had to. I had to crud for. Uh, I had to crud for ten days and uh, uh, fatigue and wanting to sleep all the time and just uh, congestion. But my my COVID test tested negative. I took two COVID tests to test negative. Now. Glenn, Glenn on here, he tested positive. Now, the, the, my friend Ed that was with me, he went to the doctor today. I don't know what he's got, so we'll, we'll see. But, hey, we're all doing okay, you know, and we had fun at, at uh, Hamvention, and, you know, we had to do it over again. We'd do it over again. We can't even say that's where we caught the bug, but uh, more than likely it probably is. I don't know. Hey, if anybody, if anybody in the chat room went to uh, Hamvention and caught the bug, let us know in the uh, chat room. I just just curious to know how many people uh, came back with the uh, you know sniffles or cold or congested or something like that. All right, so um, let's see what do we got for you tonight. Uh, oh, hey, just just to give you a quick number, Hamvention said they had uh, thirty one thousand. 367 people attend this year. That was probably helped out by the, uh, you know, on Sunday they opened the gates free to the public, so that probably brought some people in. <clears throat> uh, Contact University was hoping to get 200 people, and they uh, were overflowed, man. They got they had 300 people at Contest University. Uh, just another uh, couple quick announcements. Uh, hey, uh, 2022 Youth on the Air in North Carolina, I think that's a big jamboree they're having out there June 12th through the 17th, and they will be streaming uh, some of their uh, activities there, so 
2022 Youth on the Air yeah, is coming up real soon. Uh, all right, hey, let's jump around the room here real quick. Glenn, uh, come on in here and tell us how you doing, Glenn. Oh, I'm doing good. Um, you know, I tested positive last Wednesday, so... You know, I, I obviously didn't start showing symptoms until after I got home. But, uh, you know, it's been a mild case, really. And since I've been able to work from home, it hasn't been too horribly bad. <clears throat> Although, you know, I'm locked down in, in isolation for at least another five days. And uh, hopefully I'm going to be done and over with it soon. It keeps getting a, a little bit better every day. But, well, uh, and, 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 you know, hey, if there's a nice thing about the COVID that you've got, you don't have to go to work. Well, I work from home, so I do have to go to work. Yeah, I know. I'm I just have you. to turn here and work on this computer. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it, 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 at <clears throat> least I can go lay down or something if I don't feel good. Yep. And yep. kind of like you, last week when it first hit, I mean, it was all I could do but sleep. That's all I wanted to do, and uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. doing okay. But uh, I have been playing with a few things. Um, for example, did you ever wonder what was inside a Magic 8-Ball? Oh, uh, yeah. well, I, maybe. <laughs> We're about to find out. You're going to show us? Okay. Because I'm going to do some Arduino projects with one, and... Uh, and I was kind of surprised. You would have thought that the whole ball was filled with that fluid, and it's really not. It's just a little little subsection of it. But uh, I've got that one opened up, and it's getting ready to get its electronics here soon. Do you remember the easy button? Uh, I think it was Staples. Yeah, Staples. Yes. A, a friend of mine uh, reprogrammed his, <laughs> and when you pressed it, it says, that was a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> well, I, if you Google online, somebody has done this to one, and it's basically called the Magic 8-Ball with an Attitude. <laughs> and it, they've replaced all the sayings with an organic LED, and let's just say it's a little snide. Well, but, hey, uh, that's exactly what I want to do with my GPS. I, I, I really think there's a market out there, you know. If if we could change the audio in your GPS unit, like when you when you don't turn, when she says turn, you know, and she says you stupid, I told you to turn back there, or you know, you know, actually, just, uh, a but, number of years ago, Garmin had one with Mister T's voice. Yeah, yeah, you know, so I'm sure it had a few of his comments on it. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I'm doing this. I'm doing an all new Arduino forum at the Huntsville Ham Fest this august and i'm building up some things for that right now it's not going to be like any arduino forum i've ever done so all right well, we're looking I've, forward to uh the huntsville ham fest they've we'll, given me three months to prepare this thing three months and uh we'll, we'll be going in here big time and we'll webcast it uh like we have in the past here oh alan uh come on in here alan you've been out a couple weeks man hey alan you're your lip looks like a swollen up, man. What's going on there? Yeah, well, I, I've been out a couple of weeks. Uh, work's been busy. I was working today, but uh, had to go to the dentist this evening. Had a at six o'clock and had a uh, a filling refilled. 
So I'm still kind of numb from that. So I'm going to talk slow and deliberate so I don't bite my tongue off. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, doing okay. I was, I was up and out of the house a little after five this morning. Had to go down to uh, the Baltimore uh, for a meeting this morning and uh, did that and got back home in time to uh, run back out to the dentist. So uh, it was on vacation last week. I uh, had a really nice time uh, down on the Jersey Shore and uh, playing with a new toy that I'll talk about a little bit later on. Okay, so, good. Um, good. But, uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that. And Glenn, I know that you're, I know, you know, I suspect that you might be faking it so you can play with that new toy that followed you home from Dayton. So <laughs> I don't know about that. No comment. That, that, <laughs> the cats brought that home. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. <clears throat> But anyway, glad to be back. And like I said, if we have time, we'll, we'll we'll show you a little show and tell what I was playing good. with over a vacation. All right, that sounds good. Uh, how about it, Bill Brown? Come on in here, Bill. Yeah. How you doing, Bill? You made it I'm home. You've been, you been up in Alabama you've up, once again. You've been up in Ohio the last couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, after uh, Dayton, I was only at Dayton on Friday, and. Uh, Thank you, uh, and the uh, and uh, Jack and Tom McElroy for uh, launching the two uh, Dara uh, Pico balloons and your uh, uh, Whisper balloon. Mine were uh, the Dara balloons were um, my Sky Trackers running APRS with that new Yokohama Japanese balloon, and uh, it uh, followed a really bizarre flight flight path uh, one of them survived the one launched early on saturday morning at the hamvention right in the food court and i believe you probably have a video of that uh, do you not tom of the launch oh I know, tom, I, yeah i think we showed it last week i don't know if i've got it oh, okay. up here or not but um it was pretty well, windy. It, it was pretty windy, uh, but but it, it it went up fairly straight i was surprised and and so we went and got our whisper tracker again same balloon same lift we're even lighter and we tried to launch it and uh, man it drugged the ground it didn't even want to get up in the air I, we must have hit some turbulence down at uh three foot level mm. i understand you uh, hit the uh one of the food stands it and- stopped at the lemonade stand uh for some yeah. lemonade before it actually took on off uh, into the air so um, well, but, uh, uh, thunderstorms got the one uh, you all launched <clears> in the <throat> afternoon, and I think it probably got that one of yours. But the one launched 15 minutes prior just made it in front of the thunderstorm line, got up to 42,000 feet, went across the east coast, it went south along the east coast of the United States the second day. And then uh, a couple of days later, it showed up over Haiti and Puerto Rico. And it's been gone for about a week now because it took a track across uh, northern Africa and places where there aren't any amateur radio ground stations. And just now, just about an hour or two ago, the uh, Yokohama balloon that you're flying flying went back to Japan. So the W8BI-11 Dara balloon from Hanvention is now just east of Japan. Flying about 109 miles an hour. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, we're doing uh, 109, 109 miles an hour, uh, heading almost due east 
and uh and right for the uh, west coast of the u.s yeah. and uh maybe in a few days it will circumnavigate the entire world which well, well maybe quite a feat for, for the dara dara group i have a lot of confidence in that balloon uh, although two out of three uh, didn't make it during that launch uh but uh hey uh, a lot of it is uh luck luck and weather and the weather was a factor, of course, and uh, yeah. just a lot of humidity in there and a lot of storm clouds. So we were just yeah. lucky to get that one to make it through. And the day before, we had 30 <clears throat> knot winds. So <laughs> I have a rule if, my, if the wind uh, can blows my hat off my head, it's uh, way too uh, windy for, uh, for a balloon launch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll cross our fingers that it makes across the Pacific in record time and... Uh, We'll have a complete uh, navigation from the Dayton Hambenster balloon. Yeah, and I've got uh, 112 about ready to launch here, uh, but I'm going to wait a few days. It looks like the weather's not just great here the next few days, so uh, I'm going to wait for a, a good uh, good window. We'll try to get another one here. If you look at the altitude from uh, the W8BI-11 balloon, it's almost exactly what it was uh, when it reached float, so it's very that's uh, yeah. a beautiful uh, how it's performing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, Rich, come on in here, Rich. You didn't go with us. You stayed home and you stayed well. How you doing, Rich? Yeah. I'm doing well, thank you. Because <laughs> I stayed home. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <clears throat> trying to uh, tolerate a very, very hot day for late may here in new jersey it's 93 degrees today it was supposed to go up to wow. 97 but i don't think it ever got there thankfully but it's uh, still very very hot for this time of year and uh that's basically uh what's happening here is trying to get through the heat it's supposed to cool down the rest of the week and uh, be a lot better so uh I just checked our We're temperature just, here. It's 80, 80 here right now. So I don't mm -hmm. know what the high was today. I, I didn't get outside, but uh, it says 84 on my watch right now for here. Yeah, so. yeah. Hey, hey, Still why? Well, real quick, you mentioned watch. I've got to, I've got to show. I, I did buy one other item when I was in uh, uh, Hamvention this week, and it came in today. It came in today, guys. Look at this. Let me tell you, Ooh, wow. it's it's pretty pricey. It's three thousand, almost thirty-five hundred dollars. It's pretty pricey, but this thing will do everything. I worked Saudi Arabia on there. The first contact I, I made on it, and now you might think this is a remote base or something. No, that's a radio. And what it is, you got a little wire that runs up your sleeve and out your collar, and it's a very short antenna. But it, it, it somehow this sucker is fine-tuned and it it works well. That's the actual radio. That's that's the radio right there, man. That's the radio. Wow. One, hey, and and you know, I I I know you're not going to believe this. I didn't believe it until I put a watt meter on it. But that thing right there, it it runs 100 watts, right there on your wrist. And and when you do talk, where that wire goes up your arm, it, you can feel it. It, it doesn't really burn you. It just kind of tingles a little bit. 
I was going to say, I'm not sure I want 100 watts going up my sleeve. Well, somehow they phase it where it's out of phase with your body rhythm, and it doesn't it doesn't cause any issues. I, that's what the, the 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 manual says. So anyway, I just want everybody to see that and know that uh, I, I there's probably not that many people that have one of these yet. I, I imagine I'm within the top I'd say the top 20 people in the world that have one now. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Let's see what the chat room is saying. I see. Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah, Charlie caught what I caught. That's showing the date on that thing showing is April the 8th. No, that's not the April 8th. That's, that's, no, 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 no. It no. says Viernes, April 8th. No, but see, y'all were, y'all were, y'all were looking at that see? wrong. See? Y'all were looking right at there. that wrong. Friday, that That April is not, that's not French. No, that's not French. That's Spanish. No, that's not even Spanish. That's Pig Latin. Uh-huh. That's okay. Pig Latin. And it doesn't mean what you think it means. Mm, okay. Are you sure that isn't <laughs> April 1st on that uh, watch there, Glenn? Huh. It says April the 8th, so I don't know. But 100 watts on that little battery? Um um, oh, oh well, yeah. It's, it's got one of those little button batteries in it. It's got one of those. Yeah. I forget the name. Let, let's see you get a hundred watts power. at three well, volts. They've got a be, they've got a boost. They got a, a boost converter in there. That's going to be about thirty five amps. Yeah, they got a boost. A it's got a boost converter in it. Battery. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, back to you, Rich. I'm sorry. I you, when you brought up the watch, I just had to show my new watch. <laughs> So, hey, let's talk uh, CQ Magazine, man, and what's going on with CQ? Sure. Okay, well, we got a lot of stuff going on. First of all, we've got, uh, I don't think the, these were here uh, last month when I was on, but they, our calendar is finally, finally here. And uh, this uh, tower on the front, this is uh, Joe Eisenberg's Antenna Farm, our kit building editor, K0NEB. He's usually in the chat room. And th look who's on the back. With a balloon. What? Look at the, that. The back of what? Yeah. Where am I? The calendar. Is that right? Calendar. Oh, I made yep. the calendar. Oh man. And you're I think you're also Mr. September. Let's see. Is that right? Oh man. I, I oh, didn't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm as famous as the cats. That's right. <laughs> so oh man. Are. Well cool. I have to So well, uh, yeah. these are uh Quite available. They run through next March, so you still got a good, good amount of uh, distance on them, and uh, you get to when you get to September, you get to look at Tom every day. Yeah, so that, yeah. You know, cool. Uh, and uh, also, just in from the printer today, um, <clears throat> I don't have my copy yet, so I just have this picture of the cover. Is a new book by Eric Nichols, KL7AJ, our analog uh, adventures editor called playing with meteors exploring the universe with amateur radio this is a really cool book that uh, basically is intended for non-hams so if you have someone who you know who is interested in electronics and technology it's, it's basically for the techies who don't know that they need to be hams yet and uh, all the reasons why they need to be hams. It's a really, really great book. And uh, if uh, 
it just came in today. So if you've pre-ordered one, they should be going out very soon. If you haven't ordered one yet, go on our uh, website at uh, cq-amateur-radio.com and you can order one. And uh, it's great for someone who needs to be a ham but doesn't know it yet. Moving on to our June issue, which uh, thankfully is on its way now. So you'll actually be getting it in the early part of June. It's our Take It to the Field special. We've got on the cover this month our very own learning curve editor, Ron Ochu, KO0Z. Um, had an operating field day a couple of years ago. And uh, he's also writing about field day in his column. But we start out the issue with an article that reminds us of one of the main reasons that taking it to the field is so important for us hams. Um, is, yeah, it's a lot of fun, good exercise. It's a great way to be out with nature and enjoy your hobby at the same time. But there's an important part of it too, which is being set up and getting practice and operating off the grid um, because the grid may not always be there. And uh, our first story is uh, about hams responding to a flooding disaster in South Africa. It's the uh, worst ever flooding um, in the city of Durban, uh, caused massive destruction and uh, 450 deaths. At least 40,000 people were left homeless. Um, most of us didn't hear about this on the news because we were worrying about other things going on. But uh, down in South Africa, the hams were busy helping, uh, doing what we do all the time when there's a disaster, which is provide emergency and backup communications. And so that's our lead off for our Take It to the Field special, a reminder of, of why we do this. Um, speaking of ICOM radios, this one doesn't go on your wrist. But we have, uh, it can go in a backpack. Uh, we have a review of the new IC705, um, HF, VHF, and UHF QRP portable transceiver. It's uh, kind of a spiritual successor to the IC706, which revolutionized ham radio 25 years ago and uh, really made taking it to the field a major part of ham radio, their portability. Factor. So the 705 is, is the new generation of that, and it's a dynamite radio. Our QRP editor, Scott Rout, AA-SMA, reviews it, and uh, he's, he fell in love with it. Then we get into a little more esoteric stuff. Um, Paul Signorelli, W0RW, has an article on peripatetic morse. Now, if you're regular radio CQ, you know that uh, Paul is very much into pedestrian mobile which also happens to have the initials of PM along with peripatetic Morse. Um, and uh, we, we do start out with defining parapet, peripatetic, which means pedestrian, itinerant, journeys hither, thither, and yon. So <laughs> uh, basically, it's more about going, operating uh, pedestrian mobile. He's got... Uh, radio on his back not with the antenna up his sleeve the antenna is uh, in a backpack you can see it in the picture here uh he's got radio and the antenna in the backpack so uh he gets out on the 
trail and uh, operates. Very cool story. Um, K4FMH has an article on uh, building a bandpass filter for crowded setups. Um, actually, the question is build, buy, or a little of each. He talks about the relative merits of, of each approach and also the importance. And this is, this is more of a field day focus where you've got multiple stations set up in very close proximity to each other. Bandpass filters are, are very important for keeping the inter cross-station interference down. So there's a good good article there by Frank. Um, we also uh, have several of our columns devoted to our Take It to the Field focus, uh, emergency communications. We introduce our new emergency communications editor, um, John Ferguson, K3PFW, and uh, he talks about a bunch of things. He introduces himself and uh, some of the stuff we do and uh, gets into some of the Take It to the Field focus as well. Uh, Joe in his kit building article is uh, writing this month about the ME40 plus, <clears throat> which uh, is from uh, it used to be small wonder labs. And uh, so it's now uh, out there, I guess, let's see who's producing this now. It's designed by K1SWL back in the small wonder labs days. I think it is a uh, four-state QRP group, but I'm not sure. But Joe also writes about his own Take It to the Field adventure, his first activation of a summit for uh, summits on the air. So that's fun there, too. Um, Scott, our QRP editor, is back with his regular column on uh, various uh, things that QRP guys know to an end-fed half-wave and some cautions about uh, not believing everything you read about QRP on the internet. So uh, it's a worthwhile read. <clears throat> As I mentioned earlier, Ron, KO0Z, his learning curve column covers the basics of field day. And uh, propagation editor, NW7US, wraps up the take it to the field special with his uh, propagation forecast for field day weekend. We got a lot of other stuff in the issue too, this much. <laughs> um, mm. We've got the results of the 2021 CQ Worldwide DX Marathon. Uh, our CQ Classic column this month goes back to the first CQ DX Marathon, which was in 1948. And it only ran one year before being subsumed by the CQ Worldwide DX contest. And then uh, came back in 2005, and it's been going strong ever since. One of the people behind the revival of the CQDX marathon was Bob Loker, W9KNI, who was also uh, a great DXer and uh, has written the book on DXing, The Complete DXer, among uh, others, and uh, also A Year of DX, which CQ published several years back. And uh, his article, is called Full Gallon, The Benefits of Running Full Legal Power. This was this is kind of tough for us. You know, we've, we've been pushing QRP for the last 15 years here as uh, such a, you know, wonderful approach to ham radio. But, uh, and it is. But Bob has some good points here. There are times when QRP won't cut it. And in this article, he's talking about when even 500 watts doesn't cut it. And you got to go with the full gallon to get through 
to the stations he won. Um, his focus, again, was on winning the CQDX marathon and uh, getting some of those stations in less common countries where the, they've got a lot of noise around them, a lot of electrical noise, a lot of other situations. So you may be able to hear them a lot better than they can hear you. And if you've got 100 watts or 500 watts, they may not be able to pull you out of the noise. So in, in Bob's view, there are those times you need to go with the full gallon and uh, just to be heard. We've got uh, also a couple of other fun articles uh, and projects here. A precise position indicator for TV antenna rotors, IM2AMC. Um, a lot of people for VHF antennas will use a, an old TV rotor for uh, turning it because they tend to be small, light antennas, and you don't need a, a big, heavy-duty rotator for it. But they tend not to be very precise in their pointing angles on on the indicator of you know you and he's got picture here of an old radio shack rotator where it's you know north northeast east <laughs> those are about the only uh gradations on the control panel so he's got a project there how you can get much more precise uh tracking of where your antenna is pointing um we also have from kb zero vks an analog movement identifier talking about ham fest flea markets you go out there, you find this great old meter that just looks so wonderful in your shack or in a project, but you really don't know its values. You don't know what it's rated for. And, you know, if you're lucky, it'll tell you whether it's measuring volts or amps or whatever. So he's got a, a circuit you can build to uh, identify the uh, values of an analog meter that uh, may be otherwise a mystery to you. And then our, our newest contributing editor, Martin Butera, PT2ZDX and LU9EFO, has a really cool story about a different kind of wireless, human body communication. Um, he's got an interview here with uh, JE1BQE, who's a researcher in Japan on uh, human body communication, which I would explain to you, except that I really can't. You got to read the article to understand it. But uh, it uses basically using the electric field in your body to communicate uh, with devices that can pick up uh, data from you. It's it's really really cool stuff. Uh, not directly ham radio related, but there's a ham doing it, so it counts. Um, among our other columns. Um, in listening posts for our shortwave listeners out there, um, Jerry Dexter writes about uh, the loss of one other broadcaster. The Voice of Greece has shut down, and uh, also Radio Romania International is uh, carrying news from Ukraine, which is uh, helpful in uh, the Eastern European area, where people may have access to radios, but not computers or the Internet. Um, and Ham Radio Explorer column, Anthony Lustry, KHZT, writes about getting on the air with contesting. In our MFLF column, 
KB5NJD has thoughts on high voltage remote band switching, 630 and 2200 meters. Uh, you know, these are our, our newest bands and they're still being explored and, and things, all sorts of stuff is, is being discovered about them. And you're dealing with some very, very high voltages when you're loading up antennas on those frequencies. So he's got uh, some good stuff there on how to do it efficiently and safely for band switching. In our analog adventures column, Eric, KL7AJ, whose book you just saw, is uh, writing about using vitamin K, in this case, the K standing for Kirchhoff's Laws, and how they uh, work together in, in figuring out values uh, in the circuit. In our antennas column, we have a guest columnist this month, uh, James Heller, KC0DJR, who is writing about an antenna that is really for the birds, I'll tell you. And it's the way he got around some uh, homeowner association rules to uh, put up a, a very functional antenna. It's functional in two ways. It gets him radio contact and it provides uh, some housing for the local Purple Martin population. So another fun article. In uh, speaking of antennas in VHF plus and for DTF writes about uh, differences between vertical and horizontal polarization, and especially on, on VHF. In our awards column, KI4KWR is writing about uh, the D-Star Awards offered by the Japan Amateur Radio League. DX Editor and 200 has uh, an article on the Dave Coulter Youth DX Adventure and writes about the fact that the bands are exploding as our new sunspot cycle really kicks into high gear. And uh, Thomas writes more about that in the propagation column as well, in addition to the field day uh, predictions. And that is uh, our highlights. We've got more that I didn't include. So that uh, the June issue should be available in digital form tomorrow. And uh, in the mail this week. So uh, we're, we're working on bringing it back uh, fully into our regular pattern, you know, time pattern. We're slowly shifting our deadlines back so that uh, we can get back to our normal schedule back uh, ways ago when uh, they were in the mail by the last week of the month prior to the cover date and showing up uh, within the first uh, few days of the month. And that's what we're aiming for, and hopefully we will get there and stay there. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for bringing that to us uh, this week. And uh, boy, I gotta, I gotta, right after this, gotta go order me a couple of calendars. I need a calendar, you know, in my room here. <clears throat> All right. Well, hey, Rich, thanks, thanks again, man. Well, you're welcome to stick around with us if you want to, or you know, uh, and jump in anytime you want to there. Uh, we're gonna move on. Uh, we're doing pretty good on time tonight, and uh, we're gonna open up the phone lines in a little while, or, or the Zoom for everybody. Um, I'll be right back. Everybody, just stick around with us, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment here. Here with ICOM, Field Day is Ham Radio's most popular event, and it's just around the corner. It's June 26th and 27th. More than 40,000 North American hams come together to operate remotely. Contact with nature, contact with friends. 
With a powerful and high-quality ICOM base station, easily cut through the pileups to get that contesting edge. Our popular IC705 portable, the IC7300, and the IC7610 SDR transceivers are the clear choice for DXers and contesters across the globe. The IC705 is a perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy both the great outdoors and indoors or field day. It's a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters and is weighing in at just under 2 pounds. It has a 4.3 inch touchscreen with a live band scope and a waterfall. It runs 5 watts with a battery or 10 watts with a 13.8 volt DC power supply, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, and the speaker microphone, the HM243, comes standard. The IC7300 is a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. It has RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, and real-time spectrum scope. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receiver, and dual digital select. For more information, visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. A little ditty they did 10 years after the show. I mean, 15 years after the show. For that the was just such a unique show all in all. I really enjoyed it. I didn't have my mic on. We are back. Okay. All right. Let's see. We got uh, Alan. Alan, is your uh, lip kind of getting a feeling back? You want to show us what there. you got? Show us what you got for us tonight, Alan. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was on vacation last week and got a chance to play with a new toy. So I figured I'll show you what I got here. Um, Rich was talking about uh, QRP, and that's what I was doing. So this is uh, a little radio I was playing with. Uh, if, you've ever, if you've seen this one before, let me clip it on here. Uh, maybe you can see what the display is here. This is the um, FX4C, Fox, Char uh, Fox X-Ray 4 Charlie. Uh, it's made by uh, Ham in China. Sorry, I'll get this closer on how well it will show yeah, up Hold here. it up just a little higher. A little higher. Yeah. There you go. A little more. There you go. So, um, a little uh, SDR transceiver. Got a nice little waterfall display on it. It'll operate from, and I can see it's 
pretty small. I'm going to see how, how big it is in my hand here. Mm -hmm. Up to 10 watts. Uh, that's if you're running with, on about 16 volts of power. Uh, I was running on about 12 volts. I was running at about 5 watts here. Uh, mostly on CW, but uh, it'll do CW, single sideband. It'll also receive uh, AM and FM. It'll transmit from 80 to 6 meters. It'll receive from broadcast AM up to 2 meters. Um, and uh, but it will only transmit on the, those HF bands that I mentioned, as well as uh, as well as six meters. But uh, pretty impressed with this thing. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little pricey. It's a little over five hundred dollars. But um, you know, but it's got like I said, it's got the little waterfall display on it. It's got uh, you know the it's all software defined, so the filters are all done digitally. So on single sideband, it's got uh, let's see, one point four. 1.8, 2.1, 2.4, 2.7, and 3 kilohertz filters. On CW, uh, filters ranging as narrow as 50 hertz up to 800 hertz. I found that the 400, 500, and 800 hertz filters actually work really well. Um, I made a you know a bunch of contacts with this with an NFED wire antenna at uh, a temporary location at a beach house uh, you know, this past week and really had a ball with it. Does so, it have uh, any, any type tuner built in it? does not have a tuner built in does not have a battery built in it does have a, a built-in speaker mm -hmm. so you don't need to have an external speaker or headphones it actually even has a built-in microphone um it comes with a little tiny hand mic if you want to operate phone uh but it actually does have a built-in uh microphone if you don't want to use it you could program one of the buttons to essentially be a ptt and you can kind of just use it almost like an ht uh but again does not have a tuner uh, it does have, like I said, it does have a waterfall display, a, spectra, a spectrum and a waterfall display on it. Um, the firmware is relatively new, and the radio has only been out uh, a few months. Um, and I've been emailing back and forth uh, a couple of times, many times actually, with the designer of this thing in China, uh, Bravo Fox 2 uh, Fox X-Ray, or Bra Bravo Golf 2 Fox X-Ray. His name is Yu. Um, and he's got you know some nice plans for future firmware updates, including CAT control, uh, as well as uh, potentially a CW decoder, come up with some other things. Uh, it does have um, you know, it'll, it's got a built-in keyer, so you can operate a straight key or paddles. Uh, again, it does have the built-in mic or use an external mic. It also has a built-in USB sound card, so it's digital mode ready. So you can basically just plug this in your computer. You can run FT8. You can run some of the other digital modes. Um, the sound card is essentially built into this. It's a USB sound card built right into the rig. So uh, I'm, I'm not really a digital mode guy, so I haven't done that. I see WD8IOL asked if the, if the display is color black or white. It is a, it is a color display. Um, you know, it's not, not terribly big, you know, as you can kind of see. It's only like a, a two or two and a half inch diagonal display. I need my reading glasses to use it, <laughs> but... Uh, but it's very clear. I did use it uh, actually outdoors in the pretty bright sunshine, and it does wash it out a little bit, but it's still readable. I um, mean, you know, even you know some of the antenna analyzers and like the nano VNA use them outside. You can't even see them. You can actually see this in, in pretty bright sunshine. You know, it's not perfect, but uh, but it, it is readable. It's not it's not like a, an else like an else you know a simple two color LCD display or something like that that doesn't get washed out. But like I said I'm pretty impressed with it. Um, you know, this was kind of like a trial run for me. I uh, I go on vacation again in August for two weeks, and it's you know I want to make sure that um, you know I kind of figure out what kit I want to bring. You know, I 
I use my GoKit is normally an old ICOM 703. And 703 is the same size as the 706 um, and works really well. But it's it's relatively big. It's relatively heavy. It does have a built-in tuner, so that's nice. But I was using this along with the little um, MTech ZM2 Z-Match tuner, which is about the same size as this radio, a little bit, you know, a little bit smaller. So I've been using that. Um, so I see Vince is asking the make and model again. Fox X-Ray dash four Charlie. Um, and the website, if you actually want to go to it, um, is just the guy's call sign. It's Bravo Golf 2 Fox X-Ray, bg2fx.com. Or just search fx-4c and you'll find that. So again, a little bit pricey. Like I said, it's a um, you can actually find it for sale on, on Amazon and eBay, but if those people are just buying it from the, the original guy. I bought it directly from him using PayPal. And I bought it just before they, China went into their lockdowns, a recent COVID lockdown. So he was unable to leave the house and unable to make any shipments uh, for several weeks. So I didn't get the radio uh, you know, right away. And I was a little worried that I wouldn't get it before my vacation came up. But um, uh, when the lockdown lifted, he had shipped the radio out on, on like a Thursday. And I'd gotten it on the Tuesday the following week to New Jersey from China. So it was pretty amazing. And the shipping was all included. Comes in a nice, like a Pelican-style plastic case with a with a form fit cut out for the uh, for the radio, as well as the USB cable, the microphone, the power connector, which is like one of these hobby. Uh, I think it's called a XT60 or something connector. Let me kind of pull it out here. You might you know, be familiar with that one. Uh, it comes with that two of those connectors. You just have to kind of make up your own harness. Comes with the, you know, a little. Uh, like automotive style fuse holder and you just have to wire that one up i wired it to um see i wired it here to you know some power pole plugs so i can use all the other powers that i have um so uh but uh yeah like i said i'm pretty impressed with it you know if you're into you know small little radios really well built you know, i think there's some nice things that are going to be coming in the future for firmware for it and hopefully in the next week or two, I'm going to do a little bit more of a complete review on the radio. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to do that yet. And the only shortcoming that I've come up with um, that wasn't a, a huge problem, but I did run into it in some situations, is because it's got a relatively wideband receiver, you know, like most software-defined radios do. When I was operating CW, if I was working a station, and it was another station like four or five kilohertz away that was you know, 30 dB higher in power, uh, it would it would activate the AGC and cut cut down the gain and made it harder to hear the station that I was on. It happened to me more most often when I was operating 40 meters at night, and then W1AW was running their practice, you know, on uh, you know 7047.5. And if I was you know a couple of kilohertz away on either side, and the station was a lot weaker than W1AW was here, um, then the AGC would kind of knock it down. But that was the only only complaint I have, and it, it wasn't a huge problem. And I did make him aware of it. He's going to try to look at making some changes to the way the AGC operates in future firmware versions. So, so that's the toy. Again, uh, Fox X-Ray for Charlie. Um, I've got really unbelievably good reports of audio quality when running this thing on, on phone. You know, it's got a little tiny little hand microphone, like the, a little mini HT microphone almost, mm-hmm. like hand mic. But people said the, the audio quality was... Fantastic. Cut right through with razor clear. And even the audio quality listening to it through this tiny little speaker 
is really pretty good for the size of that speaker, both on CW and phone. And if you plug in a larger speaker or you use headphones, you know, let's see, this side has got a spot for uh, headphones, it's got a spot for external speaker, and then the, the hand mic on this side. Uh, if you use a larger external speaker, the, the audio quality is actually quite good. And then on this side is the power connector. Um, and then you've got, oh, let's see, this is the um, where the USB connector is. It's actually a, a, a TRS type plug, but it's got a USB on the other end. The key goes in here, and then the last one is the, it says tune, and what that is, it's for if you want to use an external uh, optical encoder for tuning, um, but instead of using the little one that's on the front panel here. So, but uh, again, good little ray, go take a look at it. I see that uh, W8LV Bill has put the URL in the chat room, so you can go click on that and go take a look at it. So, uh, so he is shipping again, and... Uh, yeah, again, fun little rig if you got the funds to go play with it. So uh, I just figured I'd share that with everybody. Yeah, that's a neat-looking little radio right there. Um, it's pr pretty hefty, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a solid metal case. You know, so the thing weighs about twice as much as you think it would if you went to pick it up. So it's a pretty yeah. solid little radio. Uh, nice. All right. Well, hey, uh, that reminds me, uh, we need to have Farhan on here. You know, Farhan um, designed and, and built the, uh, what were the, uh, Glenn, the, the micro, yeah. micro uh, bit X? Yeah, all the bit X radios. Yeah, all yeah. the bit X. So he's got a new one out now that it, uh, he showed me the other day uh, there at Hamvention. It's got like a five-inch screen on the front, color screen, and it runs all the digital modes and everything right there on the screen. And uh, I may be wrong, but I thought he said $150. Now, I, that would be about right. Yeah, I saw him at the FDIM. I mean, it looked it looked really sharp, man, that screen with all the stuff that can come up on that screen right there. Wow. Oh, yeah. Quite it's amazing, these little radios like that. They're just you know. Is that is that a multiband radio, or or is it you build it for a single band? <clears throat> it would be a multiband. Wow, yes, yeah. nice. very nice. Yep. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks for showing us that. Uh, play with it. Give us more feedback. I might have to order me one. Yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll hopefully you'll do a review uh, in the next week or so. I want to yeah. kind of do a more complete review on it. And put a video up on my channel. Yeah, if I have to send my uh, if I have to send my watch back, or, you know, if I decide not to keep it, I got thirty days to decide if I want to keep my watch or not. If I if I don't want to keep my watch radio, I'll send it back, and maybe I'll buy one of those radios. All right. Well, great. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, hey, Glenn. Uh, yes, sir. You uh you did a little interview there at uh, Hamvention, and uh, about something that you've started using. And uh, you want to tell us a little about what we're going to see here? And uh, I've got the video queued up. Yeah, I did a review of this for QST about a year or so ago. It's called the PhaseDoc Workbench, and I call it a prototyping system on steroids. And um, I have switched over to using that exclusively as my uh, prototyping platform for Arduino projects. And it uses a system what are known as clicks and slides. And these, uh, you mount your various boards, breadboards, displays, whatever, on these mounts, and they actually click into holes on the base plate. So you can 
rearrange things and add the components you need for any particular project. And um, they came to their first ham fest at Huntsville last August and did so well that they decided to um, go to Dayton this year. And in the meantime, Chris Leyenbauer, um, the owner of the company, uh, went and got his ham license. So um, they were at Dayton selling their, their phase dock and you got me in a rare moment and you got me to do an interview, which I think is probably about the only one I've ever done. Well, that's good. You need to start earning your pay. Ooh, ouch. You know, you're going to do more and more of those. We're going to have to do, uh, every ham fest, you're going to have to do at least one interview. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, that's every ham fest, one. At least All right. one. All right. All right, you, we'll, uh, let's look we'll at the video. The let's, next ham fest. let's look at the video here. I think I got it right here. Here we go. It's, it's about four or five minutes long. It's not very long. Here we go. Hi, we're here at Dayton, and uh, these are one of the coolest things for the Arduino and the maker community that I've run into in a number of years. I wrote the QST <laughs> review on this product, and after I saw the product and reviewed it, I became so enamored with it that I got one for myself, and what it really is, is it's a prototype development type system, but it's flexible. And this is Chris Lambauer, who developed this. And Chris, tell us exactly what the, the phase dock is. Well, we kind of like to explain it as, uh, as Legos for electronics. It's a way for you to mount your components quickly and easily on these little adapters. And once they're mounted, you can see that we have the fixed feet and we have the little spring feet that compress. The idea is that you can put your components on this base. You can set the feet in, squeeze and snap. You can arrange your breadboard or your other components and then you can wire them up. And you can see when you're done, this is a finished project right here and it shows you kind of the density that you can achieve. Once it's put together, you can pick the project up, it's stable, doesn't come apart, and we've developed a cover. You can snap that cover on. At that point, it can go on the shelf or it can go into the pack pack, and it's not cat-proof, but it's cat-resistant. Cat no, That's the way we sell it. Mine, but resistance for sure. That's but right. the cool thing is, this will let you transport it throw it in the back of the car and you don't have to worry about anything getting hit, damaged or whatever. Exactly. And uh, I think one of the cool things, you know, you've got the sensors here. Yep. And you can mix and match. If you want to do Raspberry Pi today, go this way. If you want to go with the feathers, go this way, go with an Arduino. Whatever you want in terms of a processor board or whatever, doesn't even have to be a microcontroller. I like to say that we're electronics agnostic, right? Yeah. You pretty much bring it, we can mount it. And yeah. the other thing I'd like to show you is we developed these uh, storage containers essentially for our STEM educators. What we have is we've got these handles, we've got these spring-loaded triggers, and you can see we added these cutouts in our base so you just slide it on the tang in the back push it down and then at that point the whole thing can be carried around when you're ready to go to work you just set it down release the top take the cover off open up your components 
and you're ready to go to work. And here's what the basic kit you get looks like. So you, here's an example of the various adapters that you can make. And if you come up with a popular one, let them know and they will actually do one for you. Absolutely. We can add different adapters for different boards very easily. We do it all the time. But just like Glenn said, this is the foundation product right here. You get a base and you get five adapters for different types of electronics components. And then we can add the cover optionally or we can add the storage unit as well to put together the full stack. Yeah, and see what I've done is they made a mount for me with the Dr. Arduino Explorer uh, board that I have for all my Arduino stuff, and this has become my prototyping system. To where I use a I use a breadboard very similar to this one, and I have an Uno mounted there, and the sensors and the display, and this has become my prototyping proof of concept system. And like he says, I can put the cover on it and put it away and not worry about it wires falling off and everything else. So it's, to me, it's just a perfect integrated development platform because when I'm finished, I've got a proof of concept. I know it works and I haul it away and that's when I tie it down to those little itty bitty circuit boards. But I've already proven that the project will work. Yep, and I'd say probably the last thing to point out is we've adapted it for use inside a NEMA rated case. So you can see here, we have a different base. It's exactly the same form factor as the one we were talking about before. It doesn't have the fancy legs. It'll still work on the desktop, but it has additional holes so that it will line up with the bosses inside this Bud Industries NEMA case. So now when you close that up, it's not only waterproof, you can basically pressure wash this to put it outside or in a hazardous so it's environment. it's a weatherproof enclosure too. Exactly. So yeah. There it I is. Mean, I mean, I love it. And this is why I literally have moved my entire prototyping operation to this platform because it's so versatile and flexible. I couldn't come up with anything better. Thank you, Glenn. And, and the fun thing is, I, I did the review and then started talking with them and they came to the Huntsville Ham Fest right. back in August, and it was their first w visit to the ham world. They came from the maker world, come to the ham fest, and it was something the ham world had never seen before. And they were just all over it. And because they had such a good success with Huntsville in terms of the people, the product, and everything, they came here to Dayton. It's been a great show. And Chris actually went and got his license. Yep because of all this so we got another new ham out of the deal so we sucked one in too while he's giving us some really good stuff all right so that was a, a neat little uh, segment there and uh, hey a neat little pro, uh, prototype deal so you're gonna start using all that for your projects now huh oh I already have um, a matter of <clears throat> fact I was using it today for <clears throat> Some of the projects I'm going for for the new book. Uh, hey, I like the way that little uh, looks like a little parts box snaps under it there, where you can keep all the parts and stuff in it. Yeah, it's it, real man. handy uh, for like STEM classes and whatnot. And that way, when your cats knock it off into the floor, the stuff doesn't scatter. Exactly. Yeah, they're gonna hate that. No, mine haven't figured out how to open the plastic cover yet. Yeah. The operative word is yet, but. All right. Hey, oh, okay, so somebody posted in the chat room the uh, Farhand's new radio. No, that's the Bidex 
version six. That is not his new oh, this is not, SDR this, with a five-inch display. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Is it digital not decode mode? Uh, what's yeah, it that's called? just the standard Bidex V6 that he's had out. Okay, for so he didn't have it on here yet. He, I guess. No. So. Okay, uh, he had it, he showed it to me on some a uh, piece of paper. Uh, right. Uh, I'll find out more about it, and we'll we'll have him on the show here one time because it looked like a great little radio man with all that oh, stuff yeah. built in on the screen, man. And exactly, and it yeah. was it was really inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's really got it going, and I love the fact that he's got all the digital mode decoding built in. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna open the phone line. Of the uh, uh, we'll open the Zoom up here in a minute for everybody. Let's just uh, if you just tuned in late, uh, just give you a report uh, out of the three balloons we launched. Uh, in the, uh, the, 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 the bad weather at Dayton, we got one of them out in front of the storm for sure. And it poked its head up uh, uh, east of Japan tonight. Uh, it is APRS only. So uh, the last time we saw it was down around Puerto Rico. We hadn't heard from it for about over a week. And it just popped back up uh, uh, over, uh, over Japan today. So, Bill, what 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 are the odds we're going to hear? When we're going to hear from it again? You think we'll hear from it over uh, Hawaii, maybe? Yeah, possibly, I'll have to run a prediction, uh, but it might have to wait until it gets to the U.S. West Coast before we hear it again. <clears throat> um, but uh, if it gets close to Hawaii, we'll definitely hear it. There's a lot of APRS activity in Hawaii. So it's probably got what at least another week before it gets to the to the U.S. Maybe. Well, it's going 109 miles an hour right now, so it's really moving out. Well, that's out. true. That's so, true. How, and how, let's see, how, how, how far is it across the ocean here? A couple, is it 3,000 miles? Four, no, it's longer. It's further than that. You know, it's about four or 5,000. It's about 5,000. 5,000. Yeah. Yeah. So. It take a few days. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. But this is the farthest any of the uh, hand-vention balloons have gone, so. Yeah. Uh, quite an accomplishment for Dara to make it to Japan. Yeah, well, I tell you, I have great confidence in that balloon. And uh, it's um, it's amazing the altitude that it is flying. It's just, it's amazing. It's perfect. And it's uh, uh, really, it wasn't uh, very difficult to inflate. Uh, that was the first no. time I tried one of them, and uh, it, it went pretty well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to try to get one in the air here soon, and uh, then we get another back up. All right, let's uh, let me do this. Uh, let me get the phone lines. Let me get the Zoom number out here, the link for everybody, and we'll, uh, we'll post that uh, for everybody. We're going to open up the. Uh, we're gonna open up Zoom for anybody who wants to join us. Uh, here's the here's the link. Uh, there's our link right there. Uh, give us a call. <clears throat> we're now gonna we're hey, Amateur Radio Roundtable is kind of phasing out, you know. So you guys don't get bored that the show's too long. So Roundtable's phasing out, but we're kind of phasing in right now. This is the after the show show. So the next hour we got a different name. This is after the show show. It's brought to you by Amateur Radio Roundtable. So, uh, anyway, 
This is where everybody is invited to join us on Zoom. Click on that link, link and uh, join us. And let's see. See so, who uh, I'm sure Charlie will probably join us. Yeah, uh, while you're waiting for some callers, we can get into the Magic Eight Ball. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the Magic Eight Ball real quick. You were gonna uh, tell us about that. Well, you know, interestingly enough, you know, when you look at this thing, you think, you know, that whole ball is filled with fluid, and that's not really the case. As you can see, it's really rather hollow inside, and instead. It has this little cup with a lid, and the 20-sided die fits inside that, and that's what floats and rattles and gives you the sight glass. And uh, so I cut it open, got that out, and what we're going to do is we are going to put a organic LED display in there and give it some Arduino guts on the inside and replace the die with uh, an organic LED and kind of modernize this thing a little bit. So is that going to make it more accurate on its predictions? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's high tech. It's, yeah. You know, <clears throat> so it'll, it'll be far more accurate in its predictions. And uh, I'm going to have this out at Huntsville. It's going to be customized just for that presentation. Um, but it's an integral part of that uh, next generation presentation. The one of the messages going to be your wife called and said it's okay to buy anything you want. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there's actually uh, somebody who has done this before. Um, I mean, I had the idea, and then of course you Google it and find out you're not the first. And uh, it's called the Eight Ball with an Attitude. And, you know, it has sayings like, uh, it'll be a cold day before that happens, and uh, a number of other sayings. And uh, I needed it for the presentation because we're going to be looking into our Magic 8-Ball to predict the future. And uh, we're going to be really covering the whole Arduino world in, in a nutshell at uh, Huntsville with a truly unique destination um, and it's where I've been hoping to get to and looking for for the last three or four years and finally think I found what I'm looking for. I uh, had a nice long talk with ARRL at uh, Dayton and we have uh, all the sign the deal for me to do, in addition to this next book, uh, two books beyond that covering this new material. Well, you know you're not going to have room, uh, not, you're not going to have time to use your new radio if you keep doing oh, you that. you watch. You need to, you need to retire. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. No, you, you watch. That thing will get used as soon as I start feeling better. But I have to finish cleaning up the ham shack over here to give it room. And then, of course, I have to pick a time when the cats are sleeping because then they're going to want to operate. All right. But, oh, yes, it is fully intended because the next thing after that, and it's going to be coming home with me from Huntsville, is the ICOM 9700 for satellite work. 
I'm thinking about yeah, I was I'm, I don't need it. I was thinking about getting a 9700 for satellite, but my TS2000 does satellites. So. Your TS2000 would be fine. Yeah, um, it it doesn't. You know, I'm just in the stage of I'm getting ready to retire, and it's like let's get my state of the art station now <clears throat> while I still have an income. Yeah, and uh, so I'm in the process of buying all the toys I need to be retired. Well, hey, let's say hi to Charlie down in Uruguay. He said he has to go in a couple minutes. What's your hurry to leave us, Charlie? Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, uh, yes, I'm coming out, okay? I don't know my audio. Yeah, yes. we, we hear you. We hear okay, you. You've got the lights turned out, but we can hear you. Yeah, yeah, no camera. I'm on the desktop computer, so I have no, no camera tonight. But yes, I have to wake up early tomorrow, so so I'm staying a couple of minutes, and then I have to say something. Okay, well, cool. Hey, so so uh, Charlie, did you see my new watch? Yeah, sure. My new watch radio. Yeah, I bet everybody out there is wishing they had one. I don't know. I'm I, I'm still like using. Uh, uh, you know, uh, boat anchors, and I've I've been using today the seventy uh, seventy five A four, right? Yeah. Yes, the receiver uh, to listen to forty meter band. Have you got a seventy? Uh, have you got a seventy five A four? Yeah, my dad uh, had a seventy five A four. I'm I'm keeping it. You know, I, I showed uh, I showed wrist. some of them I showed some of them uh, from from uh, Hamvention last week. Uh, they're running. Uh, one guy uh, had it marked four thousand dollars, and he had it on sale for like one thousand four hundred. Yeah, then, and then maybe. I saw some others. I saw some others for like four hundred dollars. Yeah, and it yes. will fit on your wrist, but you get a really bad case of carpal tunnel. My this the one I have uh, needs some uh, some uh, you know some some help. It, it works fine, but but it needs uh, some uh, uh, yes. Some, not not everything works fine, so I have to take some time. Another project, you know, so <laughs> everything you get is a project. So, but anyway, sometimes I will give it a, a look and try to put it better condition but okay. yes uh, there there is uh, now his silent key this past month there's there was a a guy here he, he used to collect old vintage uh, uh, gear and he had the the pair the 75A4 and the trans the transmitter which I don't know uh -huh. uh, which which uh, it's a floor it has a base and the transmitter which matches and he he had it for sale before he passed away and he was asking like for six thousand dollars or eight thousand dollars or something like that it was i mean that's crazy uh and once i talked to him and he said that that's what it costed him to bring it from the, the states down to uruguay but i say okay that that's what it cost you to bring it but it does, it's not the the, the the price, the, the value it has, but I don't know. They, maybe there are people that pay that. 
I don't really know. <laughs> Maybe tell me. Maybe I changed my car with selling the 75 before. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I I like to keep it because it was my dad's and he really yeah. liked it. And and he always uh, when he went and buy it, I remember when he bought it, the the the, the the transmitter was for sale too and and he didn't buy it and he he could have bought it and he came back home and he said oh i i should have bought the, the transmitter too and i said of course you you should have bought but, but, but mm-hmm. you cannot go back back but he left the, the, the receiver so I, i think i'll keep it so that's it all right so, See, so yes, something is the boat tankers, and the other thing is that little watch, which really looks like a toy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Somebody else joined us. Uh, w. Who was that? W. Eight. There was an eight came in there. W. B. Five. B. W. B. Five. Yeah. B. I need a larger screen. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Zoom here is about uh, three miles away from me here. How you doing, W? Was it WB5B? How you doing? Not talking to us tonight. No. <laughs> there he is. All right. Well, guys, let me just make a quick announcement while nobody's getting anything to say. Uh, you're you're listening to uh, Amateur Radio Roundtable, or the after the show show, actually, here on uh, International Shortwave on 7490. I'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at w5kub.com. Let us know where you are. And for all you guys there on video watching tonight, hey, hit that subscribe button right there. I made it easy for you. I'm showing you right where the subscribe button is. Right there. So just hit that subscribe button. It helps a whole lot. Join our Facebook group. It's called W5KUB with over 13,000 hams in it. It follows the show, and it's just a great ham radio hangout Facebook group for everybody here in our group. We'd love to have you. Tom, I'm going to sign out. Okay, Bill. Bill, good to see you. Good to see you, and welcome back home. Yep. See you next week. And uh, I thought uh, some people were asking about the display on this radio. I want to see if I can get it to show up on camera here. I don't know if I can get it to focus in or not. I've got my virtual thing on. I guess it really isn't focusing in from what I can see. But uh, it is a color display. Um the webcam isn't going to do it justice. Uh, but if you just go to that website that was posted in the chat, uh, there's some pretty good pictures of what that display looks like. All right. We'll take a look at it. I see Tony in the chat room. I guess he's heading back, uh, driving back to California to catch a flight back down to Australia. He says he's been having a great time here in the United States. I don't know how Tony's driving all that. He drove all the way from California to 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 Hamvention, and now he's driving all the way back. Uh, man, it it about killed me just the ten hours I had to do. So, yeah, I'm know. glad I flew. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, maybe that maybe that RV he's got he's got one of those, some kind of Tesla automatic steering in it or something, you know? Or yeah, yeah. I probably got my <clears throat> sickness on the on the flight home, but I, I still say that flying for me this year was the best move I could have made. I have to yeah. agree with you, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> I, I I'll tell you. When I lived in Washington, D.C., it was about an eight-hour drive, okay? From from up here in Massachusetts, an 18-hour drive. Now you know why I fly and fly first class. <laughs> well, I, I can't afford to do the first class, but I definitely enjoyed the flight, even though it took me longer to get there than it did for Tom to drive. Um, it was so nice because, you know, I hit the ground and was still you know i was able to sleep on the plane and in the airport and whatnot and i was able to get to all the evening events and not be tired well i i have to admit i i, I flew first class to huntsville okay i i took the pony express from boston to philadelphia to dayton uh one one, one year and then my return trip was back through LaGuardia. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, here up in in New England, I mean, I ought to go to Manchester. They actually have a flight that goes from Manchester right to Dayton. So, I mean, you know. Oh, wow. That's about 45 minutes from here. No, I had it really nice. I flew right into Dayton, and it was really nice. And, uh, of course, I had booked my flight months and months ago. And at the end of the day... Uh, when you when you talk about rental car and airfare, the gas I would have had to spend in my car to get there was would have been just about what I paid in airfare. So it was definitely advantageous to fly this year. I agree. All right, I'm gonna post the link again. Uh, we're not getting a lot of people. But you know, a us. lot of people are picking on the various vendors for not showing up or not having stock oh. or anything. Gigaparts didn't bring any radios this year. They didn't the, bring them last year, uh, the, the last time either. What was right. it, 2019? They didn't bring anything there. No, they I had, had their the online ordering set up, and I placed an order, and Tuesday morning, the thing showed up. I mean, it was that quick. That's pretty fast. Yeah, I wanted to get one of those DV Mega Cast, and they said uh, I've got a DV Mega Cast. I I probably have made one contact on it. That's a pretty expensive uh, little IP radio. I don't know what it is. I don't it know. Is. Yes, I don't know what they're going for now, but it seemed like it was near four or five hundred dollars. <clears throat> Let me tell you, you should have seen both of the cat's eyes go wide when I brought those two boxes inside. Mm. <laughs> and, I mean, they, they were both like, what did you bring us home from Dayton? And I put the, the radio on the, the glass desk here, and it wasn't five minutes before Rodan was here checking it out, and it was kind of like, that better be off the table by tonight or I'm pushing it to the floor. <laughs> I mean, it was like, 
it's mine, but it's in my spot. Yeah. And uh, so now it's it's over here, just waiting for me to have the. I've got to clean stuff up and reorganize and figure out how I want <clears throat> everything to sit. You haven't used it yet. I've been sick, man. Oh, I'm sorry to hear I that. I mean, literally, um, this thing, and Tom can attest to it, I have, when it first started in particular, uh, I slept 20 out of 24 hours a day. That's all I could do. And then here in the past couple of days, um, I have one good day and one not so good day. And uh, so I'm, I'm slowly getting more and more done but for the last week i've been all but useless hey let me uh let me correct somebody in the chat room they're saying you're listening at 70 they're listening on wbcq 7490 and they're not hearing our show uh our show our show is broadcast on thursdays on 7490 between five and Actually, it's supposed to be 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on 7490. So uh, that's the time slot we have on uh, WBCQ. So this show is actually being rebroadcast uh, every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. on uh, on shortwave. I'm going to uh, check out, gentlemen. I was up All at, right. uh, a little before 5 this morning. And uh, it's now ten thirty, so I'm gonna. I hit the rack. Uh, but. Hey, Alan, I just got a question for you. Are you yeah. coming up for ham exposition? Uh, <clears throat> probably not. No. Um, oh, that's yeah. the that's the middle of end up. Yeah, middle of August. Like no, end of August. No, I'll I'll be actually back down the shore again. You'll so, be uh, at the shore. Okay. The shore well, enjoy your again. <laughs> so. e enjoy your uh, beach going there. <laughs> All, right. All right. See you all later on. Bye, Alan. All right. Take care now. Take care, Charlie. Bye-bye. All right. We'll see you. Good night. All right. All right. So, yeah, we all kind of came back kind of kind of under the weather there. Uh, uh, Glenn tested positive. Uh, uh, I've, I had the crud for 10 days, uh, kind of like uh, kind of like Glenn there. Uh, fatigue, wanting to sleep two or three times a day, uh, congestion, so forth. I did test two times, two different times. And I tested negative each time, uh, but I still think uh, it it almost matches up exactly with Glenn. And uh, uh, so I, I think sometimes these tests may not uh, pick up maybe different variants. It, it, it appears different that metabolisms. It appears variants. these variants vary so much from person to person. You know, one person gets a little worse than another person. Uh, you know, now my friend Ed that went with me, uh, he he uh, is terribly congested and, and in pretty bad shape uh, 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 yesterday, today. And he, he went to the doctor today, I think, and got some medicine. Uh, so he came back and it kind of hit him later, if it hit him from the trip. Well, who knows when you it's get this stuff. Say. It's hard to say when and where you get it. Uh, yeah. I mean, all I can say is, you know... Um, when I woke up Wednesday morning, I felt feverish. So it was like, you know, I had I had a test laying around from, from earlier. So I went ahead and took it. And literally, by the time I got the swab, you know, into the, the test card, 
it was already showing the line. So it was kind of like, yeah, I'm, there's no doubt in my case. Yeah, well. Yeah, so it was it was clear, you know, for me. And fortunately, um, being with the city of Memphis, you know, they have a little more, um, what do you want to call I don't want to call it strict, but a um, little tighter COVID protocol uh, response, which is they don't want to see me in the office until I've been negative for five days. Yeah, well, that's good. But I can work from home and do essentially the same yeah. job. So, right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm was, still working. I, you know, I'm not feeling bad anymore, so I'm able to get a, <coughs> a whole day's work in other than this kind of crap every well, day. Well, you know, that was uh, that was kind of way it hit me. I mean, it, uh, I, I, it, a certain hour, I would think, hey, I'm starting to feel pretty good. I'm I'm, I'm getting over this. And the next hour, boy, it would hit you pretty hard, you know, and say, well, I'm not over it. But, uh, uh, well, and uh, even at dinner yeah. tonight, you know, I yeah. had a mild fever, and sometime around the start of the show, the fever broke, and I'm fine. Yep. You know? yep. So, who well, knows? Well, I have felt uh, normal I, all day today, but uh, for the past 10 days, uh, it's kind of been yeah. like you, you know, take, see, take a nap, case, take a nap, a sleep all day. Bit better yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. Something's a little bit different, like sore throat's all gone, the congestion's all but gone, and I never really had that bad, but the sore well, throat was a little rough. But and there were everything several... I read said that the sore throat is actually your immune system keeping the virus out of your lungs and fighting the battle in your throat instead, so it's actually a good thing. Yeah, there's a couple people in the chat room that said they also came back something uh who knows uh you know what people have i mean guys i mean let's just face it i think this covid thing this this variant stuff it's going to be around probably forever uh it's never going to go away it's going to be like the flu uh you know you, you know don't stop your life just because you're afraid you're going to get the flu somewhere you just go and live your life and you do the things you want to and have fun and uh, you try to, to, you know, best avoid places that you know is going to cause you problems. But uh, the variant, uh, it seems like, even though, uh, Glenn, it was kind of making you sleep a lot and feeling bad, uh, it's not nowhere near as near as bad as this thing was back a couple of years ago, you know. Yeah, and I did have the shots. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, you know, and I had the shots, too. You know, so I'm convinced that that has definitely helped mitigate this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you know. I think the shots probably helped. And but uh, I was very surprised when I tested positive because I'm like, I've had the shots, you know, what's going on? Well, I but tell you, that's just the country crazy. is so split right now. Half thinks the shots work, half thinks the shots don't work. The co the country is so split, and it's uh, hard to. I'm going to say the shots work, I, I, but you know they're not a hundred percent. And in my case, yeah, it you know I, I did catch a variant, but it didn't get anywhere near as severe as it could have been. Yeah, that's kind of the way I, I feel too, you know. I got an email today. I get these emails uh, from various uh, news news organizations, and it said the COVID vaccine uh, is proven. COVID vaccine causes brain cancer. I thought, okay, well, let me read that, you know. I mean, everybody, you know, there's so many different stories out here. So I started to read it, and it won't open. They retracted the email, 
Uh, yeah. So I didn't I didn't get to read it. So there's so much, you know, you don't know what to believe out there, man. No, no. Mm. And like I say, as soon as I tested positive, I called my doctor's office and they were like, don't worry about it. You know, you know, only, you know, if you have respiratory problems, you know, call us, yeah. you know, get immediate assistance, go to the ER, go to a, a, an emergency care, whatever. Um, <clears throat> outside of that, you know, the old standard cold routine, drink plenty of fluids, you know, take zinc, vitamin C, vitamin mm -hmm. D, and just get plenty of rest and try to get better. You know, with uh, you know, technology, it's kind of amazing here. I, I I have equipment here just like a doctor's office. I have uh, I have a number of the oxygen things you know you put on your finger that, that's a good that, that's a good uh, indicator too of how bad you are yeah i wished i had one yeah. of those i'm you I'm can just hey one. just order one on amazon man it'll be in your it'll be in your mailbox in three days uh, that's how easy yeah. it is to get them you know i've got those i got the little deal there that does the uh, ekg you know i got that i got the blood pressure machine I, hey i you know yeah you guys can start calling me dr tom yeah i tell you Speaking okay. of that, I need to get oh. with you at, at you some point. Week. Okay, uh, we'll see you, Charlie. See you, Charlie. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I, 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 hey, you, bye, bye. Let me, let me tell you something. You can start calling me Dr. Tom, although I'm a little squeamish at times. But now, now Kathy, she's the real doctor. She sent off for me a, a – they all – her and her kids, everybody took these uh, food sensitivity tests. And I didn't know it, but she sent off for me a food sensitivity test. It tests 208 foods that you eat to see if you're sensitive to them. And I didn't want to take the test. And, but, yeah, she had to stick my finger. So the kit comes. You stick your own finger and everything. Boy, she stuck my finger. And I thought she shot it with a gun, man. And <laughs> squeeze, she was squeezing it and squeezing it. And no blood was coming out. It was like she had vice grips around my finger trying to squeeze the blood out. It wasn't coming out. And I got one little bitty drop out, and I had to have I had to have eight big drops out to send in for the test. So she got one little drop out, and I, I was getting really upset. I said, just stick it again. Let's get this over with. Stick it again. And uh, that little stick is pretty... You know, that little prick in your finger don't feel good. Anyway, she got me hey, again. I got to do it twice a day. So she got me again with no it, you know, got me with it again, and she got it bleeding, and it's like, just like you're milking a cow, man. She had that finger right there, and I have never felt somebody squeeze so hard in all my life, man, pulling the blood out of me and dripping <laughs> it. And guess what? I'm not, my sensitivity is low on everything. I didn't yeah. even need to take the test. Uh, see, I take my blood sugar twice a day so i'm i'm used to <clears throat> used to that it's not a big deal but the key is finding the right needles i mean my little did you say uh, needles did you say needles yes oh man my my little, i'm allergic uh, i'm allergic to needles yeah so am i but the little uh lancets that i use they're like 32 gauge so it's kind of like the end of a piece of wire wrap wire getting stuck in your oh finger. yeah i hate it when that happens too yeah, but yeah, you'd barely feel it. Yeah. But uh, I need to get with you, by the way. The good news is, if you want to call it good news, the uh, library thing that was scheduled for this Saturday, of <clears throat> course, has been postponed uh, now until September. Now, what was that? Uh, 
What was it? That was what I had you bring all that stuff home for me. Oh, okay. But now I want to get that stuff from you, but there's no urgency to it. Although I think you've got a circuit board or a kit that I bought that's in one of those bags. I got two orange bags from you. I, I have two looked orange in bags, and I'm going to bet in one of them is an M17 project kit that I bought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get them to you as soon as you get well, and I get well. We'll uh, we'll meet at the center of the bridge somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. long bridge too, right? Well, we'll, we'll meet right. at the state line. You know. Yeah, we can do that. You know, you can, you can stand on the Tennessee side, and I'll stand on the Mississippi side, and we can hand it over. Have you ever wondered how wide that line is? No idea. I I don't know if that line is a foot wide or an inch wide. I mean, who knows? Yeah, actually it goes right. Does it go down a state line road? No, it's actually a little bit north of state line. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but you know, state line's close enough. Yeah. Well, like in the chat room said, just toss the bag. I can toss it, man. Yeah. Yeah, tossing these orange bags across the state line. Do you know how fast both of us would find ourselves in the Who's Gal? <laughs> well, you know, if we're seen, we might get asked, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. And as far as which is the best to retire to, um, it's hard to say. Um, I think the cost of living in, Memphis, uh, in Mississippi is lower. Uh, but uh, I would say Tennessee is better to retire to. You know, you guys have a, a, a state tax, right? I mean, you you got an income tax down here. We got an income tax. You do not. We don't have a state uh, income tax. We've so. got a 7% sales tax, and I think yours in the Memphis area goes up to like 9%. Yes, it's like 9-something, so it's not a whole lot more. But they're uh, talking about eliminating the Mississippi state income tax. Yeah. You know, but all in all, I would say Mississippi and Tennessee are probably, <coughs> excuse me, a wash. Oh, wait, Chris just said Mississippi doesn't charge retirees property tax. Now, that's a neat deal. Well, now, our property tax has always been very low compared to... But but he says they don't charge retirees property tax. Here, I wish they would do that here. They, but, I mean, you yeah. know, cost of living here compared to anywhere else in the country is super, super low. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, my house is paid off. My cars are paid off. You know, so I'm I'm in a a good position. Well, y'all uh, y'all have just recently upgraded internet to what 64k. Some places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you guys had Wi-Fi before anybody did. Yeah, but it's old and slow. Yeah. All right, we need to get some activity stirred up here. Guys, you're listening to uh, Amateur Radio Roundtable. This is the uh, After the Show show. We're looking for something to talk about here. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll throw something out real quick. Uh, Glenn, here the uh, the tracker. We made a lot of changes to our tracker board. And uh, this is, uh, let's see, that's not it. That's not it. That's an old version. Here we go. 
Here we here we go right there. How you like it? How you like the looks of that right there? That's man? a sweet looking little board. Yeah. You like that right there? And uh, man, we have made a lot of changes to the original design there. We have uh, we've that uh, that little white uh, uh, module there. That's the uh, GPS module. Uh, it was twenty bucks. It's probably forty now. But uh, the one we're using right there is about four dollars. So we've re reduced the cost. Uh, from about 40 bucks for the GPS module down to four dollars. Let's see what else we done. We got a little break-off tab on there that um, we use for programming and uh, We have an LED on the uh, break-off tab. that tells us if we have a satellite lock you know, it flashes every second uh, We've taken out some chips that we didn't need on the back side and uh, We've replaced a, a high side switch a little uh, a little six pin uh, very difficult to solder uh, chip. We, we've replaced it with a five pin larger chip, which is much easier to put in. And uh, we've uh, we've turned all the all the components the same direction, making it a, sna a snap just to lay those parts in there and solder them. That it will take 603 parts now. That's the larger size, or you can still use the nap size parts, the 0402. Uh, the circuit board is uh, a lot thinner and lighter, and um, that entire tracker right there, built with all the parts on it, weighs 1.7 grams, and a U.S. penny weighs 2.75 grams, so that weighs less than a penny, and that's a completely functional uh, uh, tracker right there. I have a question. Can you put... Uh, JT, JT, what is it? JT65? No, Whisper. You well, can put Whisper on there as well. It's got Whisper. It's got uh, uh, a Whisper and a modified Whisper transmission on it to get uh, a, a lot more data. Uh, it also has QRSS, which is a very slow CW, which you've got software out there that will actually copy the QRSS. It has a CWID on it that you can hear by ear, and also it has JT9 on it. And uh, it every 10 minutes, all this stuff uh, transmits. And uh, in fact, uh, last time we landed one down in Georgia, the JT9 was so accurate uh, when we pulled up the Google map and clicked on satellite, uh, it showed it w was going to be right on top of a school, a school roof, and we had the janitor go up and recover it for us. Nice. Not selling the tracker. Uh, they are. Uh, it's somewhat difficult to build. It. it you, you need a microscope. You need a, a special uh, soldering equipment and tools to do it. Uh, and sometimes when I build them, they don't work. And it's just almost impossible to troubleshoot. Uh, so, you know, the software, Bill, uh, Bill uh, has provided the software. And uh, a lot of the software that he uses on his trackers, we're using that on, on this one. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting it up for, for sale or anything like that. I, I think it would be a disaster if I tried to do that. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, people don't have your skills 
at the surface mount. I know I don't. My hands are relatively steady, but not steady enough to do those, you know, huh. flea-sized chips you I, use. I tell you what, man. You take your that little fine point soldering tip and you get it under that microscope. It looks like a baseball bat. Yeah, I know. And it looks like you're swinging that baseball bat under there too, man. Nope, not for me. Yeah. Oh, you know, man. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, like I say, fortunately, you know, I was needing to get that stuff done in the next couple of weeks. But now that everything's being postponed and pushed back into August and September, um, there's no rush for anything now. You know, plenty of time for us to get well and then get to it. You know, yeah. I've got the um, that one chip package. Um, what is that? Uh, SI forty seven oh seven receiver chip and the carrier I need to do, and I got another one um, and a carrier that I need to do. But they're they're big chips in comparison to what you do. I mean, this one, you know. The chip itself is like a quarter of an inch on the side. It's what? You know? Oh, that the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's the <clears throat> 4732 uh, amplifier, which is the replacement for the LM386. Yeah. Well, you know, in addition to soldering these with uh, soldering iron, uh, there's a number of parts that have to go in there with, uh, what's the process called? It's the heat, uh, the heat air, airflow. Yeah, the, the hot air the reflow hot air, or whatever. Reflow, the hot air reflow uh, equipment is, is needed to put that on there. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, it took, you know, it took me a long time to master <clears throat> being able to build it. The, the hard part is, I guess, developing probably, the complicated part is, is probably developing the software to go in it and to do all the things that you wanted to do. Uh, yeah. And, you know, this is not my software I'm running here, and uh, um, it's uh, it's something I just, I don't understand. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's what gets me is uh, I went and I redesigned the lightning detector, and I kept throwing new features in, and... It eventually just literally got to the point that it was such a compact rack, you know, this massive code mm -hmm. that it was almost impossible to to figure out how things were actually working. It's got more debug code, I think, than actual code. Yeah. Track it down yeah. to figure out, make sure it's <clears throat> working right. I tell you, a person could actually buy person could actually buy a tracker like like bill has for about the same cost that you could gear up and try to build one of these you know oh yeah um so that's what i recommend to most people that you know want to try to you know fly a pico balloon or something i mean um that is a sure way to just about have success and, and make it easy you know yeah. on yourself too <clears throat> but, all right uh, let's see we've got about we've got about 10 minutes left uh here uh, until the end of our shortwave segment uh, uh if you're out there listening with shortwave we'd really really love to hear from you please send us an email 
to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at w5kub.com. Yeah, I was showing Rich earlier. Uh, I'm cleaning out a lot of my... Uh, uh, I, I threw away hundreds and hundreds of uh, CQ and, QR and uh, QST magazines and in my closet where my parts are, I found another about a five-foot stack of uh, magazines. So what I'll do before I throw them away, I'll flip through them, and if there's a neat little build article on something, you know, I'll cut that page out and save that page, and then I'll throw the uh, throw the uh, magazine away. This one is, uh, hey, August 2005. I just uh, uh, just dug it out of the pile, and look what's in August 2005. Let me... Look at here, August 2005. I don't know if you can see this or not. Let me hold it up here. Let's see. Look at there. That was uh, 17 years ago. We had a nice article in uh, uh, CQ Magazine. Uh, I think a three, two or three page article here on our helmet cam. That was some of the early days right there. Very cool. uh, and then, uh, hey, we had an article written. We wrote an article on the Pico balloons uh, back in October. They ran in uh, uh, CQ magazine. I think it was like four pages. It has a lot of information if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, what I generally do, it. if it's got articles in it I like, I'll actually scan them. <clears throat> yep. And and then I'll print them and put them in a file folder for notes for later. And then I'll give my copy of the magazine away to a friend that likes to collect all those and, and read them. So rather than throw them away, I just throw them in the car, and next time I see them, I give him the whole stack. Yeah. It's amazing to look at some of these that are 15 or 20 years old. Um, oh, yeah. And see the parts that they, even the the solid-state stuff, uh, the chips they use and stuff, everything is, a lot of it's really obsolete already, you know. New stuff's yeah, come I out. Yeah, I bought the entire catalog of 73 <clears throat> magazine on CD. <clears throat> Yeah. a couple of years back, and I'm still into the the 1960s on that, and it's still transitioning from tubes into transistor. So most of the articles are still tube-based. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I was looking at the 73 magazine. I had a few 73s in here, but, you know, a lot of them are online now. I'm starting to go back, and I, I like the 73 magazine. There, a lot of them are still online, and you can... Yeah. Well, I bought the up. whole set on CD for like ten yeah. bucks, so it's it's real handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's good reading material. You know, if you're <clears throat> stuck at work and don't have anything to do, I can just you know call up the PDF and and read that. You know, to help the day go by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, talking about, uh, you know, we have looked into having uh, uh, PC board makers. Uh, you know, there are companies out there that will build the boards for you. You know, for, you know, uh, I, I know some people that are having, having the boards built commercially. And uh, the charge can be up to about 20 bucks a board to build, which is not bad. Not bad. That's not bad to pay somebody twenty. You know, I I, I put more than twenty dollars labor myself when I build one, so that's not bad. And especially uh, some of the parts are really difficult to put on. Uh, but uh, most of the people that we've contacted uh, cannot build it because they don't have. They only they 
they have to have those specific parts. Uh, they have to have those specific parts in their inventory, and if they don't, they won't build it. And most of them, uh, I'd say 99% of them, well, I, I'm, I, I probably 100% that we've contacted, uh, and I think that Bill's contacting others. They just they don't have the parts where they can't they can't build it. Now you can provide them the parts. You can provide them the parts, but for example. Uh, uh, up to this point, when we were paying twenty bucks, you know, a part, a piece for the GPS, you know, uh, I, I doubt they'd want to load less than twenty GPSs, you know, in their machine uh, right. to 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 build a board. And twenty GPSs is four hundred bucks. Yeah. So you know, I mean, for me to supply them enough parts to build boards. Uh, you know, I could probably spend uh, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars easy, and then there'd be the charge of them building the board, and then, uh, you know, it's just uh, uh, just something I didn't really want to get into. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. <clears throat> you know, at some point I'm going to be getting into that, but not any time in the immediate future. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we've got about eight minutes left out there. I hope uh, everybody is doing good out there, and uh, hopefully everybody had a uh, safe uh, Memorial Memorial Day uh, this weekend. And uh, we uh, we thank all our servicemen that uh, have given that uh, given their lives for this country. Yeah, I'm just thankful that the holiday came when it did. I mean, yeah, you know, the worst of of my sickness occurred over the the weekend and the holiday, so you know that yeah helped me a great deal. Well, Glenn, you need to get that get that radio on the air. We need to do something on the air. We need to get some type round table well, you're, going you're on the air. Maybe you know, maybe a, a certain evening or something. We can start getting a group together. You know. Well, see, you're too far for me. Uh, you know anything other than a VHF or UHF repeater? I'm too far. You're too far. The ground wave is too short, <clears throat> and your hops are over my head. Well, because I've tried listening to you on forty and twenty. Yeah, that, that, that may not be good. We could probably do an eighty. Possibly. Probably, probably do an eighty. You know, something like that. Uh, but we need to we need to get something something going here, and uh, you know get some activity. There's a lot of people out here that are uh, members of our group here and they watch the show, and I'm sure we could get a group together. And uh, hey, we've got our own DMR talk group three one six nine three. I think that belongs to our show. Nobody's using it three one six nine three DMR, and um, uh, we could we could even put a net on there. I, I had to stop calling that before the uh, the show because it was running into my time to prepare for the show and get it ready. So if anybody out there is getting interested and they'd like to join our team here and help us call some nets, uh, you know, like on a Tuesday evening before the show, I uh, would love to have you do that. You can report in each week on the show, and we can tell people how many check-ins we have and anything that uh, – uh, anything interest comes up on it, and 
Uh, we can do uh, you know a 40 meter net, 80 meter, 20 meter. We can do multiple nets. We can do DMR. So if anybody's interested in doing that, uh, let us know because we'd sure like to get get one going here. Hey, I got a question. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, where'd it go? Uh, hmm. there, there is a, uh, let's see. There is an entity called, where is it? Tube, tubes and more? Are you familiar with that? No, not really, but... Oh, no. Or Gateway Electronics? I heard of Gateway, yeah. Well, they, you know, they they have a, a barrage here of uh, parts and whatever uh, for projects. For what? Projects. Oh, okay. Um, the, the, the reason why I know this, because I saved this as a uh, as a file for um, uh-huh. uh, Bob Hiles uh, Pine Board um, projects, and um, they're pretty cool. Yeah, getting tubes for anything these days is kind of a trick. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Guys, hey, I've told you you've heard the story before. I when I I, I made a move one time. When I when I lived over in Arkansas, I threw away probably close to one thousand tubes. They were all in boxes. And I, I bet you're still kicking. I kept yourself. I kept the um, I kept the transmitting tubes and stuff I had, but many of the other tubes were receiver tubes, TV tubes, you know those type tubes. And uh, I just laid them out on the side of the street there for the garbage man to pick up. Uh, approximately one thousand in the tube boxes. I think we've all done that at some yeah. point, but. You know, nowadays, you know, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, I wish I had that, you know. But, you know, you know, I'm not really doing anything with tubes anymore. I mean, you, you just don't need them. If you need one, you find it. You, you get it on eBay or something, you know. Yeah. I'm actually charging for 6146 now. 6146? I, no I don't know. Idea. 6146 is probably getting on up there now. I, I imagine yeah, it's 30. Is. I imagine <laughs> just 40 bucks. At least for one. Yeah. Yeah. For one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean your five seventy two, your your eight elevens are getting on up there now. The five seventy two Bs are getting real high. They're probably yeah, eight, they're probably go. eighty or hundred bucks a piece. Probably. Here's a pair of sixty one forty sixes for thirty bucks plus shipping. Nice. You know, so they're still relatively inexpensive and easy to get. I think I think my amp over here has uh is that a CX two CX eight hundreds MP and they got a they got a two CX eight hundred MP in there. It's probably eight hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, now you can get a three five hundred Z for about two hundred and twenty or thereabouts. Yeah. You know, and there was somebody at Dayton that had a a whole row of the four dash X glass series. You know, the four four hundred, the four one thousand. Yeah, they had four eight hundred. I think just a whole 
table full of those, and all I could do is just drool at them, but I've got no use for them. Yeah. DJ is talking about 12AX7s. Uh, I did, uh, uh, I had a repeater over there. I had a couple repeaters, and we sold some tubes one time uh, just to raise some money for the repeater over there. And it was equivalent to a 12A, it was kind of equivalent to a 12AX7 or 12AU7, I forget what it was, but we had a, we had a, a hundred brand new in the box. And uh, that was before the internet and all that stuff. We found somebody down in Florida that bought them. I think he gave us two bucks a piece for them or something like that. Wow. So, so we sold those. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the old 12AX7, AU7, et cetera, yep. those were a dime a dozen back then. Yeah. Yeah, they were. And, of course, the audio people are going nuts because they were getting all of their audio power tubes out of Russia. Yeah, this amp, that's not a CX. In it. It's, I'm trying to think what I got in my amp here. It's, it's, it's a 2-something, it's a 800 MP. Somebody out there in the chat, there you go, 3CX800s. There you go. Three C, that's what I got, 3CX800s. I got two of those in, the, uh, in my amp here. Uh, well, let's see. What's a two? What's a three CX eight hundred so far? You can get them all kinds of prices. You can get pullouts out of a out of a um, medical equipment, uh, or you can buy them new. Let's let's see what it. Let's see what it goes for. Three CX eight hundred. I think it's an MP, if I'm not mistaken. Five hundred. Five hundred, right? Let's see. Well, it didn't come up with anything when I did a search here for three CX eight hundred. It'll make me go look. Three CX eight hundred. I know last time I looked them up, there new ones were around eight hundred piece. You know, something like that. All right, here you go. 3CX800A7 is 2000 bucks. Oh, Lord. 2000 for one? Or no, is yep. that two? No, I... Uh, 3CX800A7. Okay. I think that's what I'm running here. Yeah. It's 2000 bucks on eBay. Well, that's... Uh, they're, they're, they're ripping you off. They're, oh, they're dreaming is what they are. Yeah, that's not, uh, that's not the real price. I think the, I think the industry price is going to be somewhere around eight hundred nine hundred dollars probably. I think. Well, you figure the, how much the how much the amp costs? I mean, you know. That, well, a new one, a new MAC, a new MAC, probably fifteen hundred dollars. Well, here's here's an here's one for eight hundred. Yeah. Five hundred. Yeah. You know, a used one, a brand new one is eight hundred thereabouts. Yep. Uh, a used one, five hundred or so. So yeah, it looks like eight to nine hundred. So I guess that's what makes that amp so expensive. You put a couple of those tubes in there, you know. Yeah. You got you got two thousand dollars in tubes in it. Right. Yeah. But those are very rugged tubes. They are almost indestructible. Yeah. And they will. Those well, right those, those will last a long, long, long time. Yeah. Those old ceramic style <clears throat> tubes, man. That's you know. They were built to be rugged. Yeah.
All right. It looks like we have ended our show, uh, our shortwave segment on uh, WBCQ. So my thinking, we're going to go ahead and shut the show down for tonight. And um, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah, I'm going to go <sighs> throw Godzilla off the bed. Yeah, go, go, go take you another nap, man. Go take you another nap. Hey, thanks to everybody yeah. out there in the chat room for tuning in tonight and being see with you us. Later. We really appreciate you being with us tonight and uh, hanging in there with us to the end here. Yeah. All right. We will see you next week. All right, man. We'll see you guys. Good night, everybody.